1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm here with my beautiful wife and co-host.
0: Hey, guys. It's Emily.
1: And we're super excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. As you remember, uh, well, I guess if you're this is your first time, you don't remember, but we are Outpost of Heaven, the podcast, and our whole goal is to kind of help, help people take the kind of lofty things that are talked about in the scriptures and in the gospel and apply them to our everyday life. And we are not experts. And so what we do is we try and find a lot of people to come on here and talk about their experiences and how they're doing it, and maybe give you guys some ideas on how to apply some of these ideas into your real life and make your home an outpost of heaven.
0: Exactly. Yep. And today we're really excited to welcome the Goodsells. It's Jake and Britt Goodsell, and they're going to share their experience serving in Ecuador and kind of talk to us a little bit about how their service has brought them closer together as a couple, how it yeah. strengthened their marriage.
2: So thanks for being on, guys. Hey, thanks hey, for thank having you. us. Yeah, we're super excited to talk. And we're certainly not experts, I guess, in uh, you know Christianity or living the gospel. We're doing our best, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you have an incredible experience. that I mean, not a lot of us get the opportunity to go to a different country and serve for so long. So we're excited to hear from you guys.
2: Yeah, it was it was amazing. We can't wait to share the stories.
0: Perfect. So, um we do a poverty's nerfed embarrassing moments segment, so we'll start with that first. And I have mine for me and Andrew. And then I think um Brit has one for you on your end, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Emily is
1: already <laughs> turning red. <laughs> That's how you know Well, okay.
2: Yeah. Disclaimer,
1: so- disclaimer. If you are sensitive to potty humor, just fast forward like two minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> well, also, like we turn our AC off because like when we record, we turn the AC off because it's loud. And so it's like super hot in here. So I'm already like sweating. <laughs> and then also very embarrassing moment. So um so we were in Flagstaff like two or three weeks ago. And um I it was just my family and um, my kids and I and Andrew wasn't there, um, but we were driving up to Flagstaff. Flagstaff and... is
1: in Arizona for all of our well, yeah, international people. <laughs>
0: um, and I am pregnant and gassy, <laughs> and <laughs> I definitely farted, and it was like really bad, you guys. Yeah, it was and, really embarrassing.
1: And just just to kind of explain, Emily has. Oh,
0: please be nice awful <laughs> no be
1: nice. awful smelling pregnancy farts they are <laughs> rancid
0: pregnancy does stuff to you okay okay so
1: it's the price you're willing to pay for your children right, right. Yep. yeah
0: i mean it's like, and like then you get them back so. it's like
1: wake up in the middle of the night
2: gagging <laughs> oh rancid God, <laughs> okay sorry I'm, we're good go on i just hope you don't pass them on to your children you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: okay so yeah i definitely farted in the car and um but you couldn't hear it, so...
1: She was with with her other family members as well. I
0: totally blamed it on Ruth.
1: Which is our two-year-old daughter. Yeah,
0: she... Yeah, (laughs) and she can't communicate, so she couldn't deny it.
1: (laughs) She probably just giggled. Yeah,
0: but my brother was like, oh my gosh, like, what died? He was, like, making a huge deal. And I was like, I don't know, like, maybe one of the kids, (laughs) like, farted or, like... Maybe Ruth has a poopy diaper. Like, I don't know. Sorry. Like, just got to deal with the kids.
1: So if you're listening, <laughs> Caleb, totally now you know the truth. And you also know never to trust Emily when yeah. it comes to <laughs> farting. Yeah.
0: Well, I think oh, any gosh. parent that says that they haven't blamed a fart on a kid is lying. I have not done that. <laughs> you haven't?
1: I claim it if it comes out of me.
0: Well, usually I claim it because I giggle, so I can't hide it. <laughs> but... um. That one I was just too embarrassed to admit to. So and I'm gonna like, lie. I,
1: this is my last joke. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of times your your puffs come out <laughs> and they surprise you. <laughs> and so half the time you're like, Oh <laughs>
0: Okay. That's enough. Okay.
2: Something to look forward to for when we start our family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So puffs. excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. There there
1: we go. Pregnancy is still worth it. Yes. So just want to have that as a disclaimer. This is just a funny side effect. Okay. Well,
0: when your intestines are all shoved up in all these weird places, things
3: yeah. just happen funny. So, anyways. Yep. What about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Jake wants me to share this story of him. Um, when we were engaged, he was working at an internship in New York City, and. I flew out – so we were separated for almost four months during our engagement. The worst. Yeah, it That's was hard.
2: Awful.
1: How long were you guys but engaged?
3: We were engaged for five months. Okay. So I, f- I flew out and we took our bridles in New York City. But oh, he he was like a cute little New Yorker and he, he knew all the places to take me. And um, he took me to Little Italy one, one night and – um, while we were in Little Italy, we we were like, we gotta stop at this Italian ice shop. Like, it's it's gotta be so good here. And <laughs> we went to this Italian ice shop, and um, Jake wanted to try a sample. And um, so the the owner he gave Jake the flavor he wanted, and Jake took the
2: free sample. Took the
3: free sample and
2: delicious. Um,
3: he put once he finished he put the free sample spoon back into the clean spoons cup and oh. and this like little italian man screams no <laughs>
2: and he, the deed had been he, done it was he too just late just
3: gave jake this killer glare <laughs> and was just so like disappointed in him and <laughs> And at oh, that point, yeah. like he didn't even like the flavor, and he didn't really want to get some, but
2: we, we ended up buying some anyway, just because <laughs> I felt so felt bad. bad. Yeah, I felt yeah. so
3: bad. But <laughs> but then he didn't have like a card reader to take our card, so he had dished up this this Italian ice, and then he had to send us like a block away to go into his little store that he owns to read the card reader because he was on this like street vendor um cart and we just felt so bad that we (laughs) got
2: the hardest new york city eye roll you could imagine i mean
1: oh my god there was
2: no way to know which spoon was it was you know it was just back in the clean spoon watch Uh, like all the spoons because yeah all those spoons mm-hmm. are gone. Well, I don't know. I, I hope so. I don't know if he, yeah, if he, he got rid of them or not. But oh <laughs> well, you not. know.
1: It was um, it was probably before the Rona, so Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays you can't do that.
2: Do. Oh, yeah, I, I mean it was it anymore, was dude. such it was such a big uh I was so distracted to have my beautiful fiance with me. I wasn't paying attention to where the um where the right spoons go, but I'll tell you what, now whenever we go get ice cream, I sure do. I You're I know aware. where to go. Oh yeah. yeah. That oh is man. awesome. I love it. I that. don't
1: think I've done I've ever done anything similar to that. I never would have even <laughs> thought of that as a like a potential mistake.
2: <laughs> I sure hope that you never have to experience now, the wrath of an Italian man in that situation. You no, know, guys,
1: if if we could just end the end the episode there, you will have learned something very useful. I right.
0: think <laughs> back to right. it Learn from my I sure hope so. And
2: okay. the only reason that Brittany shared a story about me was because she never has embarrassing moments every day. She's just, you know, walking on clouds and I'm making embarrassing fails on the daily. So I have a lot of growing to do as you guys can imagine.
0: <laughs> well, it's perfect. It means more stories. So
2: that's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, do you have any more questions Um, for them?
2: Maybe can you guys introduce yourselves a little bit real quick for our uh, wonderful listeners? Yeah. Sure. Um, Maybe I'll just introduce Brittany and Brittany can introduce me. Perfect. Um, So Brittany Brittany and I have been married almost two years. Uh, We met in college and she is an artist, super talented artist. She's the best photographer I know. Um, I'm really lucky because her house is full of beautiful art and photography. Um, I think she's the best in the world. Um,
0: (laughs) You really are talented. I saw some of your stuff on Instagram, and I
2: love that. Yeah, and that's coming from Emily, who's a super talented artist as well. Um, And Brittany's also a gymnast. Uh, That's what she did growing up. Um, Like, I don't just mean she did gymnastics for fun. I mean, she competed like in the junior olympics and was a big big uh national gymnast um wow. super athletic
3: and she's really outdoorsy
2: she she drags me hiking and she <laughs> drags me camping and things like that cuz that's what she loves to do so oh man watched Brittany. one of your uh, we'll
1: talk about this later but i know you guys have a film company now and we watched one of your
0: It's like a trail running video. Yeah, your
1: trail running video for the um that energy bar that yeah protein whatever I don't know what kind of bar it was, but yep.
3: Yeah,
1: Uh, and as soon as I saw that, I like almost cried because I I love trail running. We
3: both do. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah.
1: And since we moved out of the west, we haven't been able to do it at all. It's been sad. It's been like (laughs) the hardest thing about moving for me, honestly. Maybe not the hardest, but one of the hardest things. Yeah.
2: We'll have to make more videos for you then. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I can get fun. on. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, okay. So, sorry, I'm interrupted. Go on. So Jake, um, Jake grew up in Colorado and he was in a band all through high school. So he was the drummer and drums is one of his passions and he's super amazing at it. Um, so do you still do that, Jake?
2: Not as much as I'd like, but um, I do. I, I still play now and then I'm, I mean, the thing is about drumming is it's kind of a curse because everything becomes a drum set. You know, if I'm sitting at the table (laughs) to the, uh, you know, I feel bad for people around me. I can't help it. I don't even realize when I start, you know, using pencils or pens or tables just to, you know, lay down a beat or whatever. So, um, (laughs) or Brittany has to put up with it. Yeah.
3: Also type one diabetes has been a huge part of his life. He was diagnosed Mm -hmm. when he was four years old. And he is so good with it, and he's he's done such a great job. And I think it's really, like, helped him to, like, create a relationship with God, like, um, finding out, like, what this disease can... Um, teach me. Teach him, yeah. And he's a really well, passionate videographer, so, and... I love that about him, how creative he is.
0: Okay, so I'm just super excited that you guys are here and you're willing to talk about this with us. Um, and,
3: yeah.
1: So now you've talked to us a little bit about your, about who you guys are. Now let's talk about your humanitarian service because you guys had a really cool opportunity that we're really excited that uh, our listeners have an opportunity to kind of get a sneak peek on.
2: Yeah, um, so we had the very rare privilege to spend a year in South America, specifically in the country of Ecuador, volunteering in orphanages. Um, and we did that with a nonprofit organization called Oso, and OSO stands for Orphanage Support Service Organization. Um, and their their mission is to support orphanages, uh, whether that be through financial burdens or by sending volunteers to play with children, to love on those kids that, um, that need that care. So it was a great year for us. Unfortunately, it came to a quick end. We were supposed to be there for 12 months. It actually was more like 11 months because um, COVID-19. And mm-hmm. we decided to return back to the United States because we weren't getting any new volunteers. And we weren't sure if, um, if we waited any longer, if we were going to be able to get back to the United States. But um, I-, I do want to mention just two things quickly about it. Um, we, a lot of people, when we tell them about our experience volunteering, they've been focusing on, um, kind of the abrupt end of it. And, you know, it's a great story about how we, we, we basically fled the country overnight. Um, one day we thought we were going to be there and then the next day we weren't. Um, but we're really glad it worked out the way that it did. God had his hand in it a hundred percent. Um, but I want people to know that we had an amazing 11 months and we loved every minute of it. And, um, even though the whole world shut down, I I take comfort in knowing everybody else's life got flipped upside down as well, not just ours. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really excited for when volunteers are able to go back down to Ecuador and love on our kiddos who we miss and think about every day. And then the other thing I just wanted to add about that um, before we really dive in is, you know, it's so easy to see um, on social media and as we as we'll talk about it in the podcast today. Like, I think it's kind of tempting to think, oh, wow, look how great Jake and Brittany Goodsell are. You know, they went and sacrificed a year of their life to go, you know, volunteer in orphanages. Okay. It's not that way at all. Like we totally went for selfish purposes. You know, we really wanted to travel the world. Uh, We wanted to do that as newlyweds together. I had just graduated, so I wanted to take a gap year. And it was an amazing opportunity that presented itself that we jumped on. And so, yes, we wanted to give back. We wanted to serve. But also like, you know, we're not perfect examples. and, And we just want other people to know about this Uh, organization so that they can continue to have the financial needs be met that they, um, that they seek. And also so they can have volunteers come and love on the kiddos down there that we grew to love so much. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean,
0: it it probably changed you a whole lot more than you expected it to just being there for a year.
2: Yeah. 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 It was an amazing experience and it was hard. I mean, it was, it was physically draining. It was emotionally draining, but it was overall uh, a huge, tremendous learning experience for for Brittany and I, not just our marriage, but you know individually and mm-hmm. um, yeah. our volunteers and the kids themselves. So that's awesome. But um, so a couple preliminary questions I have. Or, oh, yeah.
0: I have some too. Actually, okay. So
2: let me go first. Okay. Go All right
1: on. when you do one, one you do like ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> How you okay. do? This. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> okay. First, do both of you speak Spanish?
3: That was one of mine. We do now. <laughs> um, <so laughs> oh, I, li- I lived don't... in Ecuador for a year and a half doing missionary service for my church, okay. and um, Jake was very active on Duolingo the, the first, up in, actually until now. Still, he's still active on
2: Duolingo every day. But which is he, if prepared. you're not familiar with Duolingo, it's a it's a free uh, language learning app and. I've gotten real familiar with it. (laughs) Yeah. He
3: he did it, like, as soon as we found out that we were accepted as the orphanage directors, he started studying his Spanish. And once we got there, it was pretty difficult for him. Oh, yeah. For the
2: first, like, probably for the first four months, it was super challenging. Yeah. It was really Um, frustrating,
3: especially because we work a lot with um, North American volunteers. So... These are native English speakers, and and so when we are around just native Spanish speakers, he didn't have quite as much of the immersion as I think he hoped. Even though, well, not
2: just that, but we were working with children every day, uh, native you know Spanish speaking children, and you know their vocabulary and their uh, language skills are pretty beginner. And so for me to speak to a child is totally different than for me to speak to another adult. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm really fortunate and really lucky that I had such a good tutor. Brittany was amazing and patient with me uh, and and helped me learn a lot of Spanish while we were there. And, you know, it's crazy every day that we're home. I feel like I'm I'm losing it because I'm not using it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just grateful that it's not Russian. I don't know how you guys learned (laughs) Russian, but um, because that's way harder than Spanish, if you ask me.
1: I mean, I think it's all hard. Yeah, it's all yeah, hard. It I mean, it's all hard. <laughs> it yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could have done the Russian not. I don't know if I could have learned Russian other than the way that we did it, yeah. like having to yeah. be immersed in there for two years mm-hmm. and then coming back and taking four years of college classes.
2: Yeah. Sure. But l- let me add as well, you know, the volunteers that want to go volunteer with, with Oso or with other nonprofits, you definitely don't have to speak the language because... We all can speak the international language of love. And it sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, a lot of these kids didn't didn't need somebody to to talk to them. They needed somebody just to hug them or to uh, play soccer with them. You know, it's yeah. it's so easy to to speak the language of love. It's so much harder to speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. My, my grandparents were actually uh, missionaries for our church in American Samoa. And one of the things that they did was they went and helped at, at a an orphanage there and they were telling us stories and it's just heartbreaking hearing that like they don't I'm I'm assuming that the need in the needs in Ecuador are similar to the needs in American Samoa where they didn't have enough people to like hold the kids all the time, like when they're feeding them bottles or so like they just needed people to come in and like hold a baby for thirty minutes.
2: Exactly. And exactly. Just, like,
1: breaks my heart hearing mm-hmm.
2: that. Yeah. Um, we volunteered at five orphanages and those five orphanages, um, all have their own unique challenges as you can imagine, but the volunteer, mm-hmm. the, 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 orphanage that we volunteered at the most and the one that we actually lived on campus at, um, has 20, um, how do I say this properly? Um, individuals with special needs, mm-hmm. severe special needs, like, uh, can't walk, you know, wheelchair bound. Um, sometimes can't feed themselves, can't dress themselves. So it really stretched us and challenged us in ways that we didn't imagine. Um, in a good way, though, I, I think that we kind of anticipated doing a lot more like, you know, holding babies and things like that. But the need was helping these severely handicapped individuals do daily duties, you know, um, having breakfast, brushing their teeth. And they weren't just children, you know, some of them are adults, some of them are older than we were. And that was very humbling for us. And um, I think that I think that we learn more from that experience than anything. And, you know, they're so quick to love. And they're so much, we say normal, you know, I feel like they're more normal than most of us, you know, just because they are so quick to love it didn't matter what volunteer walked through the door, you could have, done horrible things in your life and you walk in that door and they receive you with love and they're just excited for someone to come and interact with them. And they might not, they may not understand the same language that you speak, or they may not be able to do some of the same things that you can, but just holding their hand or just being present or singing to them or reading them a book, it literally changes their physical health. It changes their overall well-being more than you can imagine. We saw it firsthand um, and they, they were amazing. They were so incredible.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. It's really amazing, too, that everybody has the light of Christ. And it's so easy for them to see it in everybody else. And for some reason, it's harder for us to see it. But they can just pick up on yeah. it so quickly.
1: When you were talking, I was thinking about how, uh, like how complex life seems here right now like there's just so many things going on and there's so many people with really strong opinions and like life just seems so complicated but like that in that situation helping those kids is it's pretty simple right like the mm-hmm. like i mean obviously there are complex underlying issues everywhere uh but like that that simple approach to dealing with each other of like purely like loving and caring for the other person. Like it's, it's something I wish we had more of right now. Mm-hmm. I guess we, yeah. I don't have to wish for it. We can do that. <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was definitely, it wasn't easy, but you know, it had, it, it had its unique challenges each day. But I think one thing we learned is sometimes volunteers would be burnt out or homesick. And I would say, you know, just show up, just being there, just being present is, is enough. And it's Mm -hmm. so important to show these children that we have bad days too, um, because they have bad days and that's human. And you don't have to wear the biggest smile every day, but just try your best to show up. And it was amazing how every time we encourage volunteers to do that, um, almost instantly, you know, they would go through the door of the orphanage and it was gone. Their homesickness was gone or their anxiety was gone or whatever was troubling them from serving that day um, mm-hmm. when they really forgot about themselves and focused on someone else and focused on these children, it was instantly healing. Um, totally amazing. Just the miracle of, of that and to witness that every day.
0: Yeah.
1: Well. Wow. Man, you so much for coming on and, and talking to us about talking to us about this. This is such a cool, a cool topic I think mm-hmm. I needed to hear today, oh,
0: yeah for sure,
1: so I hope whoever's listening to this you also need to hear this, yeah. but i I needed to hear this today I uh so oh. Oh, wait, can I, <laughs> I have like one like <laughs> yes, random question yes, okay, are. so uh was also like intentional like also means bear right in in Spanish like did they intentionally use that acronym or was that just kind of a coincidence
2: yeah that was that was intentional also in Spanish is bear. And their logo is a big teddy bear. And I think it's symbolic of, you know, children and um, um, loving on these orphans. And, um, you know, the acronym stands for Orphanage Support Service Organization. So technically, there's an extra S because also in Spanish is OSO, right, Brittany? Right. Yeah. But you are right. Good job. You know your you know some of your Spanish. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Good
0: job, Andy. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I do a lot of work in Latin America now, so I am
1: learning Spanish currently. Awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll get down to Ecuador at some point. That would be cool. Yeah. Very real possibility.
0: So one of my other questions was um, did you choose Ecuador or was it assigned to you? Or did you so, pick it because Brittany you served there? Or
2: I'll let Brittany answer that one.
3: Okay. Yeah. So Oso only has their Ecuador location where they're, they have already established relationships and they actually own the orphanage with the individuals with severe disabilities. Um, they also send people to Thailand, but that's only for a couple months in the summer. Um, but it's just those two countries that Oso really has a hand in. For now. For yeah. now, yeah.
1: Um, is it a, a, a North American-based company or, or organization?
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. So my dad's roommate, a hundred years ago, right? Back with the dinosaurs. No, I'm sure your dad will Sorry, appreciate dad. that. Yeah. Sorry, dad. No, but uh, his roommate in college, uh, in life, went on to found Oso. He was a physician that went to South America to do some medical work. And when he was there, kind of similar to your grandparents in American Samoa, he realized that they didn't so much need the medical work as they did they needed volunteers and people to come and have that interaction um to to love them and uh so he i mean it was it's been 21 years i think uh that they've been sending volunteers down there they're based out of uh utah and um yeah i mean any we we had volunteers so our responsibility was to to take care of the volunteers and so we would pick them up from the airport we would um train them, um, organize transportation for them. And volunteers will come for two weeks, six weeks, uh, kind of whatever they want. Um, most mm-hmm. of them were college-age students. We had some high school students uh, and a few families that came as well. We always love it when families come. The children love it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and, and when we got married, we knew we wanted to serve. We knew we wanted to give back. And, you know, when we were, even when we were dating, Brittany had this tie to Ecuador because of her mission service. And Mm -hmm. I had actually been to Ecuador to volunteer at the orphanage as a high schooler, as a student with my family, Mm -hmm. Um, because my dad and, you know, his old connection with his uh, college roommate. Mm -hmm. So we actually went down in high school and I got to volunteer in the orphanages. So when Brittany and I were married, my dad approached us and said, hey, I got an idea. You know, my old... Remember my old um, college buddy has that nonprofit where they have volunteers. Well, he loves to take newlywed couples to run the program. You should apply. We applied thinking there's no way that we would get picked for this. And we were, and we were so grateful and humbled to have the opportunity to go and serve. And uh, that's kind of how what our relationship with Oso has been. And, mm-hmm. uh, as, and moving forward, we hope to continue to be a good um i guess like example for, for ambassador ambassador yes that's an even better word ambassador for also to allow other people to have the same experiences that that we did and also to love on the kids that we grew to love so much
0: yeah and i think it's really cool how unique how unique it is that you went as a newlywed couple um and i'm just really excited to hear too how that has strengthened your marriage right
1: so we've talked about about Oh, so, and now we want to kind of dive in specifically to uh, kind of a, a more specific and a more generalized topic at the same time, more specific in the sense we we want to talk about one aspect of your volunteering experience, but then we, more general in the fact that we want to make it very applicable to all couples or all families, really, sure. um, who are looking to, to volunteer together. So, honey, sure. you want to start us off on that?
0: Yeah, I just, I mean... I know you guys have talked to us a little bit about it, but how has your service experienced experiences strengthened your marriage together?
2: So I think one thing—it's um, okay if I start, Brett.
3: Yeah, you can start.
2: One thing that comes to mind is because we because we had these these challenges, um, you know, both challenges with the children and challenges with volunteers, and um, one of the one of the biggest challenges was. We cannot photograph any of the orphans' faces and publish those pictures online. Um, and that's just to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to get really creative with, because uh, one of our responsibilities was to take photographs of the children um, on their birthdays and just other you know, holidays and things like that, and with the volunteers. Um, and so we had to get really creative in how we were going to approach that and how we're going to you know get those pictures so that other people could find out about Oso and come and have some amazing life-changing experiences. So I think mm-hmm. I think it definitely strengthened our marriage in that as challenges and difficulties arise and they certainly have since we've come home and they will continue to do so, we have learned how to communicate better. We've learned, you know, hey, we had to <laughs> We had to change a diaper of lots of, lots of kids, even some adults, you know, and that was challenging, but we can overcome these obstacles. We have a strong foundation through our service experience that has stretched us and made us do things that we're not comfortable with. So we can continue to do things that we're not comfortable with. We can overcome any obstacle and challenge together because we've done it before. I think that's something that also is definitely, or our experience in Ecuador has definitely given us. What do you think, right?
3: Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think some of the hardest days when we were most exhausted and, and um, like even, even frustrated with maybe like the way some of our volunteers were acting or the way some administrators um, were handling things like I, I remember just, like, reacting, like, trying to react as positively as we could. And, like, even even on the days when we were absolutely exhausted, we kind of, we still had to be an example to the volunteers and, and like, take care of our nightly duties if they were, like, kitchen cleanup or, like, just doing things with a smile, even on even on hard days. I think that... That service like really helps you. I, th- I think it makes it possible to do things like happily even when they're things like you don't really want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I really like what uh, what you guys said about not just doing hard things and the benefits of doing hard things, but doing unpleasant things. Because I think maybe in, in our society today we are less willing to do unpleasant things you know like we don't want to do things that make us uncomfortable or that are difficult or strenuous or that tax us in new different ways like we're very comfortable with comfort (laughs) and I, i think uh we disadvantage ourselves a whole lot and it's really hard to to connect with people if you're not having to if you don't put yourself in these kind of uncomfortable situations.
2: Yeah, for sure. It, it actually reminds me a lot of this analogy that I came up with and Brittany's probably so tired of hearing this, but I, <laughs> for me, I like it. Um, it helps me, but you know, when you're working with volunteers and just when you're working with people in general in a professional setting and um, there's challenges that come up, um, I've learned that, everybody is unique and everybody has different strengths and weaknesses that they can bring to the table. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had so many amazing, amazing volunteers. We had volunteers from all over the world. We had volunteers from Canada. We had volunteers from France. Um, and they were just, you know, totally cream of the crop. And, um, it's been great to stay in, stay in touch with them as, as we've returned back to the U S but, um, I guess sometimes I was a little disappointed with, you know, a volunteer here or there very rarely. And, you know, I learned that people have different, I call it, this is my cup analogy. Okay. Bear with me as I explain. (laughs) Okay. People have different sized cups and those cups are filled with service and, and things that they can give things that they can share. And everybody has a different amount that they are willing to give, that they're willing to share. And so what we learned is, you know, not to push people over their limits, especially in a volunteer setting, you know, we're not, Mm -hmm. we're not paying them. We're not, uh, we're not asking them to do more than they can, more than they can carry more than they can bear, but it was important. I learned to give them a little bit of, of stretch, a little bit of discomfort just so they could grow. And I learned that myself while we were there. Brittany and I both had to do that with each other and keep each other accountable. Um, And then there's another little tangent to that as well. A little caveat is that it's so important when you're in a service setting, especially a long-term service setting, to find ways to recharge your batteries, to refill your cup so that the next day when you wake up early in the morning and you don't want to do it, you're, you're recharged. You have more to give because we saw firsthand people that gave and gave and gave and their cup ran out of giving, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's because they didn't have a creative outlet or, a um, a way for them to recharge their battery, so to speak. And for Brittany and I, we had to get really creative with, with ways to do that in Ecuador. You know, it certainly isn't a third world country where we're, you know, we're living in huts at all, but, um, we had a nice home with a shower. We had running, running water and everything, but we would retreat. We would, you know, watch our little Netflix movie or, or whatever. Just something that uh, you can do for yourself to recharge is so crucial. And we had volunteers that we had to um, kind of encourage them to find those things. So that they could give their all to the children, the whole reason that they were there. So I don't know if you guys have seen that in your marriage at all, especially with having children. You guys teach us. You're the ones that are parents, and we're <laughs> not parents yet. I mean, it certainly felt like being a parent to a lot of those children, but um, nowhere near. I'm sure what you guys face on a daily basis. So we could learn more from you than we could than than, than you know we could tell you. So uh, what do you guys think about uh, recharging, especially with your marriage?
0: Oh, I totally agree. I think it's important for you to find stuff as an individual and as a couple that remind you that you're still you.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that changes in like what whatever season you're in. It's mm-hmm. um, so like the th- one kind of philosophical concept that Emily and I kind of came up with throughout our marriage and that we've talked about on, on the podcast a lot is this idea of being rooted, uh, and so this idea of being rooted like where you're at and so you're aware of uh your phase of life the place you're in you're trying to take advantage of everything you're in and not trying to mourn not having something else Uh, and that also means that you have to be kind of when you're rooted in the moment you have to be aware of your how much social capital you have ready to expend so social Mm -hmm. capital for those you don't know it's I don't know if Stephen R. Covey came up with this, but I know it's
0: very much like the cup analogy, which I really yeah. Like. I mean,
1: that's what, when when you were talking about the cup analogy, I was thinking of yeah. Stephen R. Covey's idea of social capital. Uh, so, really quick, everybody who doesn't know uh, Stephen R. Covey had this idea that uh, in your interactions with individuals, the more positive interactions you have, the more it's like putting money, you know, air quotes, into your social account. capital account for that person. Uh, and so, like the more positive interactions you have, the,
0: the more you have to give.
1: Yeah. So the more positive interactions you have with them, the more you can demand of them before your social, your social capital yeah, yeah. bank account goes out.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and so like, you can't just require things of people. You have to be putting things into their bank account, right? So yeah. this idea of social capital. Uh, and I really liked your kind of twist on it. Cause what you were talking about, maybe think of like a, So we have like our social capital that we have with each individual, but there's also, and this is especially true as Christians when we have a responsibility to serve all of our brothers and sisters. There's kind of also like a general social capital, like how much I'm willing to serve random people Mm -hmm. or serve people that I'm not going to like interact with again. And so like we have to constantly be increasing the social capital we have available for society at large. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a cool idea. I'd have to go and, back and listen to Stephen R. Covey, see if that actually applies. He might've said something about that, but.
2: Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's great. I, you know, we, we learned in our missionary um, work that you, you can never make anybody do anything. And, and that's totally contrary to God's will. We don't want to right. make people do anything, but invitations, you know, inviting people to, to grow, inviting people to stretch, that's a totally different thing. When it comes from a place of love, uh, you know, it's it's totally different when it's an invitation. And that's all you can do. And, and it's supposed to be that way. We all have our agency. Agency is a gift from God and he'll never take it away from us. So w- why would we want to take away other people's agency, you know? And uh, we want them to have the opportunity to choose to accept invitations to grow or to not accept invitations to grow. And I hope certainly when Brittany and other people in my life Invite me to do a little better Or to grow That I'll have the, the courage and the strength To take them up on it and to ask for help Yeah, um, right. have, That's have super important Have you been able
0: to see that in your marriage So far that you Are able to push Each other and to like realize the bounds On or the boundaries I guess On how far you can Push each other in a good way I guess does that make sense
2: Yeah I mean people <laughs> People always used to say, I mean, I feel like I always used to hear before I was married, you know, you pick your battles. And I never got that. <laughs> I never got that until I was married, you know? And uh it's the same with what we're talking about right now. Like every day I'm not going to I'm not going to push Brittany. I'm not going to, you know, um invite her to do something outside of her comfort zone every day, like do a podcast, for example, but, (laughs) (laughs) but occasionally, you know, when, and and I hope that's the same. Yeah. I hope it's the same, you know, the other way around. And it's not that your spouse is a project at all. That's not the case. Certainly not. um, Right. But you're, you're
1: as people who are, I, th- I always say this. I think if you are doing marriage right, you are in you are intimately and sincerely committed to the other to your spouse's progress, mm-hmm. pro- progress, yeah, well being, and right. and uh, improvement. I am like trying to. I was thinking of it in Russian. I couldn't think of it in English for a second. Uh, but, <laughs> what is it in yeah. Russian? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to. Say yeah,
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Not> progress. <laughs> progress. Progression. Uh, but anyway, so like you, you, you are very committed to that, and so I think it, it's a good sign if your spouse is really interested in, and invested in, in your improvement. Yeah. And one thing you were talking about, about like you asked us what we do specifically like with our kids and how we recharge and whatnot, and I was thinking about how with kids and in a lot of times well, a lot of times in leadership positions in general you are expected to put a lot in to like expend a whole lot of social capital uh but
0: without receiving, without receiving
1: it right mm-hmm. and so like kids aren't your kids aren't thinking of this and they they do it on un, like unconsciously like when they come up and they like they pick you flowers or they they give you a hug spontaneously or those kind of little things that
0: You're not like that one little act makes up for all the crap you've put up with all (laughs) the. But, like,
1: it's a thankless job, right? Right. (laughs) Right. But um, it's interesting that, like, this idea of of social capital and, like, in order to do it correctly, in order to be a leader, uh, you have to be willing to put a lot more into a relationship than you should expect for the people underneath you to put into it. Yeah, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And mm-hmm. the same with the kids. So like, like as parents, like you're expected to put everything in it, even if the kids aren't putting anything back.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, like you guys have said, it's exhausting. So you have to take time to be yourself and to binge Netflix or enjoy your and, own hobby. Yeah. Entrance. Do whatever. Yeah. yeah, You
2: know, um, it's so true. And you know, I, I just lost my train of thought and there it goes. So <laughs> maybe, maybe Brittany has something profound to say.
3: No, I I found that a lot of different people had a lot of different ways to to, to recharge. For some people, um, it was singing. For some people, it was going out into town and, and kind of exploring. For some people, it was going on a hike or or going to the gym, you know.
2: Just finding what it is for you on an individual. Yeah, level. I think
3: it I think it's so important for us to do what we need to do to feel good in ourselves. Cause otherwise we can't we can't reach out.
2: And when we first got down to Ecuador, I think it was so easy to feel and I know that, man, you mothers are amazing because it was so easy to feel and maybe you don't feel this way, but just a little bit of guilt, you know, a little bit of like, Oh yeah. I should be, you know, down there playing with the kid, but I need a minute to, uh, you know, to, to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's okay to take a nap. Um, it took us a long time, I think, to get to that point where it was like, you know, it's, it's okay to take some time for you. In fact, it's necessary. And, uh, Absolutely. The guilt is so real. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah. That's, it's a
1: super hard thing. And I think we both go through like ups and downs and how well we deal with that specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there are some times that it's really easy to kind of have like a rooted eternal perspective. And then there are other times where you kind of just spiral and then it just gets worse and you like start thinking you're a terrible person. And and it's, it's usually like once you get those things down and you like kind of figure out how to balance them, it's usually a mistake in some other part of your life or yeah. doing something else that will trigger that that old
2: guilt again. Totally. Totally. My, my grandfather used to talk about, um, you know, you got to have your, your physical, your mental, emotional and spiritual, um, elements of your life altogether. Otherwise, those four, he called them like you know the legs of a table. And if if one of them is 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 down, then the table is going to fall. And it's so true. Let me ask you guys this. Um, mm-hmm. One thing we definitely learned from our experience working with orphans is that Brittany has so many strengths that I don't have. She, she's like such a good photographer. And one of our responsibilities was to take photos of the children. And mm-hmm. There were some days that, you know, she's like, I can't do it today. Can you do it for me? And I would, yeah, you know, I smile through it and I would, I would get through it and I could do it. But um, have you guys realized that, you know, we've been talking about kind of, um, I guess my question is, have you realized that you kind of delegate and share the load and have certain things that one of you do really well that maybe the other could improve on? And so, you know, you kind of help each other carry the weight that way.
0: Oh, totally. definitely. Why don't you share first?
1: Oh, okay. Just real quick. I, I think um, Emily is very, very good at uh, being aware of feelings. I am bad at feelings. <laughs> 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 I, I'm very like, uh, I'm very like, logical and analytical and kind of task oriented. You're task oriented as well. well.
0: I'm task oriented, but like. I'm better at picking up on like social cues and like knowing when s- something is like appropriate or not yeah. like, to say or to like,
1: and, like in my mind, it frequently doesn't even, like, it doesn't even cross my mind. that something I might say might like offend somebody because of cultural things. Cause right. in my, I, I don't think in terms like that. I think in terms of like, is this the right thing to say? Or is this a logical thing? Or is this, does this make sense? Um, and so Emily, and I have some coworkers and some people at church that I, I serve around that have to do the sim like something similar, and they kind of like remind me to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to think about those things. Right. And it's not that I like I don't care about people's feelings; it's just it's it's something that doesn't come naturally. Like right, yeah, it doesn't come naturally right, for right.
0: me. Um, but yeah. something that you're really good at, and I rely on you for a lot, is like um, technology stuff. Like podcasting stuff, mm-hmm. definitely. Like all the tech stuff, and then also. Well, like, it's it's
1: not quite true. So Emily's not super good at like figuring new things out on her own.
0: Yeah, but once you teach me, then I can do it. Yeah,
1: so like I'm really good at like the figuring it out, and right. then Emily's really, really good, and then I
0: can take over once. Yeah, and, once.
1: and she's frequently better at me, at it later. But like that, the uh, like the initial learning it is hard. It's like harder yeah. for you.
0: So I mean, yeah, like like you guys said, we have our strengths and our are the things that we like to do that we kind of, we have to rely on each other for certain things.
1: And And, and one hard thing I I think is a lesson that we're still learning is when you delegate and like when you like, when you say, okay, this is just what you're going to do and this is what I'm going to do. And then on the other side is when do you just say, Hey, like let's try and like improve. So you're capable of doing this. And so, like our skills become more similar because I think that's what I thought of when I thought of coordinating. That's what I thought it was long-term was okay. Emily has these skills and she's going to continue to develop them, but she's going to help teach me those skills. And then I will be better at those things.
0: Kind of like on a team where like, I mean, I'm not really that into sports, but I feel like the different teammates, the different positions, like they know how the other positions work. mm mm-hmm. Just because you're like a defender doesn't mean that you ignore everything about a forward. You know what I'm saying? Soccer. Like, She's using soccer. Well, yeah, there you okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I feel like the the way that a team should work or like, like, like a marriage team should work is that we should be able to know how the other...
2: What the
1: other person's gonna do? Yeah,
0: right. Like know the and, roles. And, and I the... think when
1: we were first married, I was thinking of it more in terms of okay, so like I'm I have this skill and you have these skills.
0: You kill the spiders. I'll make the dinner. Well, I
1: wasn't even thinking. So I thought of I didn't even think of that. I thought of like I want your skills. I want you to like teach me those things, and I'm going to teach you my oh, things. Okay. And so we're like going to gain each other's skills, and so we're going to become like oh. more similar. Okay, yeah. But I found that it's more <laughs> effective, and we're happier if it's more like what you were talking about. Where it's you're a defender and I'm a midfielder and like, that's okay. And like, we can know, like we need to understand how the other plays more and the other's responsibilities so we can interact better. We can work better as a team, but I don't need to be a defender and you don't need to be a midfielder. Right? I think that's something I'm learning
2: right now. Yeah. Brittany's over here pinching me like, hey, are you getting this? Are you taking notes? Or you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. And you're so right. I would just add that it's okay to ask for help too. And me as a husband, as a man, certainly not, you know, I don't want to get into gender roles. Certainly not all men are this way. But for me to say, hey, you know, I really need help, um, whether it be mowing the lawn or, you know, making dinner or anything, you know, That's the beauty of a marriage: is you can ask for help. And uh, I probably don't do that enough. I probably should do that more. Um, So I'm going to. That's my takeaway from this: is I need to. That's what I got. I don't know. Maybe you got something else out of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I I think we again. I feel like every time we have a conversation, we feel like we can just keep going and going and going. Although, they're having a few times where it's like, okay, like, we're making 30 minutes. That's good. We're going to call it a wrap. Yeah. But this time is definitely <laughs> one no, of where we can feel like we need to keep good. going.
0: Great. Um, one thing we do want to ask – well, I have – I mean, there's two things I really want to ask. But how has your service strengthened your relationship with your Savior?
1: Let's get Britt's answer first. Yes.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that our service has strengthened my relationship with my Savior in the way that I like. I was able to to see people through um a wider perspective. I mean, cause cause we're putting people in, in hard situations, long long hours, you know. Um, like playing with the kids and, and working really hard. Um, and I, I just, I came to realize that what, what they were doing was enough and, um, that like God was grateful for the service that they were offering, even, even if their cup was small, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and also the kids, like something that, that we saw a lot with the volunteers, sometimes we had volunteers that didn't get along super well with each other, and then they'd go downstairs and and play with the kids and and talk about how much they loved them. And something we we told our volunteers every time they left is is that like we really need to go out into the world and, and see people like we see those kids because those kids were innocent and they were so easy to love. You know they were. They were smiling and, and I mean, they had their bad days, but it was so easy to love them because we knew that they weren't able to, to do anything for themselves, you know, and we saw the way people treated each other, like even even as volunteers and that like our, our perspective just totally was broadened in in that regard.
2: Yeah, if you can love an orphan, Mm -hmm. why can't you love a volunteer, you know? Or a
3: coworker or a a family member.
2: Yeah, they're no different at the end of the day. They're no different. They're both children of God and they deserve the same amount of love. So it's just, it was so interesting for us to see that. Is that what you meant? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, yeah. And I guess for me, a lot of the same things. Um, My savior is willing to take, any sacrifice of service, any service that I'm that I'm willing to give him, and he fills the rest. His, his grace is is amazing, and what I mean by that is, you don't have to go to Ecuador uh, to to serve God's children. You don't have to go to China or Russia or anywhere in the world because there's people in our backyards and in our homes who we can share the Savior's love with. And Absolutely. I might not. I really struggled with this idea of charity for a long time until it was explained to me this way. And I'll just end with this. You know, I'm not perfect. Charity is the pure love of Christ. And, and I, I am not he, and I don't have the same measure and capacity to love that he has, but I have felt his love. And because I felt his love, I can do my best to reflect some of that on my fellow men. Um, I can help them try and feel what I felt. It's not about them feeling my love. It's them feeling his love. Um, That's the main goal. That's what's more important than feeling my love is feeling our Savior's love. So that is huge. All right, man. And thank you guys so much. This has
1: been such a great conversation. Um,
0: Well, I want to give you guys a little chance too to talk about your new project, your new company that you started.
2: Take it do away, Brittany. Take
0: a couple minutes to do that.
3: Yeah. So um, when we came home from Ecuador, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And um, I have a background in photography and, and graphic design. And um, Jake has been really working hard on his videography skills. So we came home and we formed a video production company. And we have been starting it. And... Um, it's, it's been quite the project and it's been so fun to, to learn and grow with Jake, my best coworker ever. <laughs> um, but essentially what we do is, is we do videos and, and photos for companies, um, for advertisements and Instagrams, um, Facebook, just social media type, type ads. And, and, and we are like it.
1: legit high quality stuff.
3: Yeah, I was blown away.
0: Thanks. The amazing.
2: Yeah. We're it doing
1: looked, our best. Like, yeah. It was just it, the videography was really cool. It was it was kind of it was different than stuff I've seen before. And like it almost felt like edgy cool. But it was <laughs> the one I saw was like a barbershop.
0: Oh, that one was really awesome. Yeah like
1: a barbershop video. Yeah. But it was awesome. Like it made me want to go get my hair cut. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I don't particularly I cut your hair. Yeah, and Emily cuts my hair. I'm like, honey, like, you just like put some like, cool music on. You can just, like, <laughs> kind of dance while you're cutting my hair. It was awesome. So, yeah,
2: yeah. Our goal I is was,
1: go ahead. Oh, I would say all of
2: our listeners, I would recommend just going to look at their stuff. It's really cool. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, August Film Co- Company. Yeah, August Film Company on Instagram or augustfilmco.com.
1: And we will include all those things, including the information about Oso, in the show notes and in our post about this uh, about this episode on Instagram. So, hun, uh, any takeaways?
0: Um, I think my biggest takeaway is um, kind of something that Jake said at the very end is that you don't have to go to China or Ecuador or wherever to make a difference. There are so many people all around us. And I think especially right now with um, covid and all the the chaos of politics and the way people are treating each other right now like there's definitely opportunity right in our in our home and around us to serve right. one another and to love and to just show kindness
1: yep yeah, definitely I think I have two takeaways one was the first one was uh, something that Jake was saying about the uh social capital well, or you, your cup analogy. Oh,
0: definitely, that was
1: cool. I'm I'm going I'm to I'm going to use that by yeah. the way. <laughs> I'm going to expand it cuz I like I really like the concept of, of social capital. So like this this kind of like not vague, but general social capital. So like we have to have like our social capital that we're developing with other people, but we have to be kind of uh investing in ourselves, I guess, in our social capital bank so that we can be charitable to everybody uh, around us. And especially those people that we can't expect to receive much back from. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be taking care of ourselves because if we're not taking care of ourselves, that kind of uh, emergency fund dwindles drastically. And so we have to make sure that that cup is bigger, that social capital fund is bigger. Uh, The next thing was something that Brit said at the end about loving people Um, and encouraging people and being happy with people just regardless of like the size or shape of their cup. Mm -hmm. I I think I find myself frustrated sometimes when I'm in volunteer situations or I'm dealing with volunteers or just dealing with people in, in lots of different situations when they're not as when their cup is not the shape or size that I think it should be. (laughs) And sometimes exactly. It's, like it's difficult. You're like, this seems like this should be like maybe the bare minimum, or like, I don't understand why you burned out so fast, or I don't understand like why you're so particular, whatever it is, why you're so difficult. Uh, and I think the important part is that they are trying to give their cup to somebody else. They're trying to give the water that's in their cup to somebody who needs it. And that's something I need to remember. Yeah. All right. I so think I think what, we are like very over time.
0: Well, I have one more. Okay. Just, I'm Go so ahead. Sorry. You go ahead. But I just like to bring it back to strengthening marriage again. Um, I just really love the whole concept of like using each other's strengths mm-hmm. and helping each other in our weaknesses and learning and growing together.
1: So. Oh, yeah. I did like like the yeah. defender-midfielder idea. Like We don't have to be the same player.
0: Right. We don't have to have the same strengths or develop each other's strengths, but we can
1: use them. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for agreeing to be on here with us. And all of you wonderful listeners, thank you for joining us. Thank you for... <laughs> Listening to us and, yes. and putting up with us.
0: And as always, we do ask that you leave a rating and review if you feel so inclined because it really does help us
1: to mm-hmm. continue to
0: grow. It really is the best way. So we really appreciate it. All
1: right, guys, keep the faith. Bye.